I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. It's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog, Jesse James, and by my side, as always, is that B-A-double-D-A-double crooked letter, badass Billy Gunn. Together we are the New Age Outlaws, and you're listening to the VOC Nation. And if you ain't down with that, we've got two words for you. Suck it. VOC Nation provides live daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with the hosts and guests by phone call, email, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include... The legendary Ken Resnick, you probably remember from the AWA and WWE. Former WCW performer, The Maestro. Wes Briscoe, who you probably remember from Impact. Brady Hicks, who you remember from Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Former WWE and TNA star, Shelly Martinez. And former Philly radio personality, Bruce Wirtz. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling With History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirtz. Streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern. And, of course, In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. And, by the way, both of these shows take callers live during the show. What are you waiting for? Go listen live right now at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all of our podcasts by searching for VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Oh, and follow them on Twitter, too, at VOCNation. Sorry. (laughs) You tell him that I'll have his money when I'm damn well ready. What's going on over there? You will deal with that Atlas harshly. Fight for it, Hawkeye! I think he broke it. And you're listening to Hell in a Cell Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk 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 Radio. Now the time has come for all to Ladies and gentlemen, hello. Ladies, gentlemen, and everyone. Hello, everyone. I'm going to eliminate ladies and gentlemen and just say everyone at the top of the show. Welcome to HIC Talk Radio. Uh, we've got Crusoe behind me, got Alf behind me, and in front of me, not only do we have Craig Lagans, you can follow at Craig Lagans on all social media platforms, but ladies and gentlemen, we have the every now and then returning Omega Squad, Chris Green. Omega Squad's here. Yay. Yay. Back. Back better than ever or something. Uh, like well, that. technically you're better than ever because uh, I can actually hear you this time. 
flat. That's good. Yeah, last That's time good. you were just in and out, and you were like, uh, and you were like, yeah, but I have to do it on my phone. I'm like, actually, the signal would be great. So if you could do that on your phone, it'd be fucking fantastic. <laughs> so I guess just to, to to preview, the next time you'll be coming on, hopefully, is around WrestleMania. Hopefully, yeah. if Dan remembers. Yes. Full disclosure: Dan was supposed to bring Chris on uh, three times. And each time we'd be, I'd be getting ready to promote the video we just recorded on Wednesday on YouTube, and I go, "Fuck, forgot to get Chris on here." So last time I did it, which is last Friday, and I'm, I'm like, I literally, I texted him. The words I said was, "So I don't forget. Can you come on this week? <laughs> Next week? Yeah, sure. Thanks. I wasn't gonna forget you again. Cause I'm a terrible friend. We all know this. Yeah. Well, you know, we, we all can't be perfect. No. You let. Another stuff. Yes, very much. I, <laughs> yeah. The president is low for me. Uh, we have some news. I wanted to bring you on because we kind of we didn't talk about the WWE Network at length because there was a couple things that happened in wrestling that kind of sidetracked us. And the show's been busy. Then we had Xavier Cross on, which is an amazing interview, and I hope everybody got to listen. If you haven't, youtube.com slash danlight 3 Xavier Cross go for hours, and we'll probably have him on again soon. Because he said he wanted to. Uh, they're just retired for now, Xavier Cross, as I'm calling it. He's retired for now. Um, the WWE Network is not shutting down. It is migrating. I'm using the words migrating over to Peacock. And this will, you know, attach into the second conversation we're going to have along with this, because this is one we kind of briefly mentioned before you came on uh, this week, Chris, is the oversaturation of so much wrestling on, because that New Japan show then debuted in record numbers, and it's just like, what's going on? But the, uh, so, NBC Universal has a, has a uh, network streaming app called Peacock. For those who don't know, Peacock is the mascot of NBC and has been since, I don't know, 50 years, 60 years, since 70 years since the inception of the network. And I will say this. Uh, we have Peacock because we have Comcast Internet. Anybody who has Comcast Internet gets premium Peacock app for free. So for those who – Premium You get some premium cock for free. <laughs> Thank you, Craig. Uh, lift your mic next time you have a great one-liner like that, please. Oh, I do. Well, I, first, I wanted to welcome both of you back and welcome Omega Squad back, but the only thing I really wanted to know uh, is, gentlemen, how's your whole family? Oh. <laughs> that shit. Did oh, you my say, whole family's doing well, yes. How's your hole, Dan? My, my holes are great. Did you see what uh, Xavier Woods posted? Was Austin Creed posted today? No. It was Black Hole Sun, but right at <laughs> so it's uh, it's lead up, and then it goes. I forget the the part of the verse it's on. And then it goes, yeah. Black Hole Sun. <laughs> That's right. Black Hole Sun. Oh, so goddamn! I have to send you the link to this. So goddamn funny. But yes, we'll talk about holes in a minute. Mm-hmm. In a few let's moments. go back. Yeah, but let's go back to cock. Sorry. Let's go back to cock. Before we get to <laughs> hole, let's talk about cock. So, Peacock. Uh, if you have Comcast Internet, what was that again, Craig? You get if you have Comcast Internet, you get what? You get the whole cock. You get the whole premium cock. Premium uh, P. Premium Peacock. Premium P. So if you have Comcast Internet, you have nothing to worry about. Uh, but you're uh, technically you're saving money. I don't see. 
I was freaking out about this as long as all of my stuff moves over. I don't care. And that means anything pre-2001. Uh, pre <laughs> as long as that goes over with it, I'm good. But I think this is a hell of an idea because I think it'll help Peacock grow and the network grow because you have separate audiences. And now it's just going to be there in the menu. Their user interface is very good. We use it for Premium League. Uh, Premier, series, Premier League, it's on the Premium Peacock. And some of the hockey games have been on there on NBC. Uh, is this is this a admission of death, or is this something that he's just trying for a few years? What what do you make of all this? I'll go to our buddy Omega first. Well, I mean, I think it's actually a savvy business in, in a lot of ways because I think with subscribers, I feel like the WWE Network was either going to hit uh, a ceiling. Or it was, it was going to stagnate at some because there's only so many wrestling. There's so many people who are willing to pay ten bucks a month or fifteen bucks a month, whatever it was, um, to, to to watch WWE, and especially when it's on TV. By teaming up with NBC, who they're already partnered with, they get a streaming platform that will, in theory, broaden their audience. So they will have access to all the eyeballs that Comcast brings. So everybody's got a Comcast subscription has potentially the ability to watch WWE programs. Um, so it's a good move for WWE. It's a good move for NBC in that they get a enormous library of content immediately available to them on Peacock. Um, which admittedly, the, the, it's it's okay. You know what I've I've used Peacock a little bit since I do have Comcast, but it's yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I mean, it's con- another streaming board. Yeah, content-wise, there's nothing plus Premier League and hockey on there. But the app itself works fine. But it's just it's not it's nothing I rush home to. Like I gotta put Keith Peacock on. Well, yeah, I mean it, it was great when I wanted to watch, you know, to to rewatch Battlestar Galactica. But it wasn't anything that was, you know, that it was a destination. The Peacock's, you know, primary um, acquisition, other than the WWE, though, has been. The office, and that's huge. Yeah, I, I had noticed. Okay. I hadn't seen any advertising about that at all. <laughs> no, <laughs> nobody said anything. But I mean, at you, all. you couple the office with WWE, and it's two. I guess it, you pointed out, Chris, two huge li- library of of stuff that people are going to rewatch over and over and over again. And with the WWE, I I think I agree with a good deal. But Vince, from the time he's been a majority owner of the WWE is always looking for a new deal. I mean, from the time he shook Dick Eversol's hand way back in the uh, in the late 80s, you know, he's always looking for, you know, the next big deal. And for him to sell uh, the, the WWE to, to Peacock, I mean, before that it was, you know, it was the Sci-Fi Network and there was the Nashville Network and, you know, Shopping around before they got to after they when they got kicked off the of USA, you know. So he's always looking for something to anything to up his revenue. Remember and, on demand. Remember the WWE classics on demand for a long time there too. Yeah, that's wow. where that yeah. And, but I would yeah. it, it hooked me because you know when they had we would have the round the, the legends the roundtable discussion with some of the best stuff. You know they that that's the only reason I watched it during the when they would focus on you know a wrestler or a, or a feud. And you get guys like Dusty Rhodes and Michael Hayes and 
Arn Anderson and Jim Ross talking about you know the stuff I talk about every week on Historian. It was it was it was glorious. So uh, uh, good on WWE. I you know it was only a matter of time for some other streaming network made them an offer or they wanted to go somewhere. So uh, I do yeah. want to add before Chris finishes uh, to take that opportunity. And Chris, you have the floor. Uh, it is a deal for five years that is worth one billion goddamn dollars. Billion dollars. Well, it, yeah. I mean, that's a that's a huge amount of money. It's a guaranteed amount of money, regardless of the number of subscribers. So it's it's really just something that it, it's gonna gonna be big for WWE. Now all they have to, to worry about is putting on products and concentrating on things like advertising. So they can make more deals with with advertisers, and then they know that they're gonna get this ready audience. Not only on USA, and and I, I assume you're probably going to get uh, Raw, um, and you know the next day potentially, and as opposed to like next week, you know. That, so that was that was my next question, Chris. Uh, do you think that this will bring into fruition something that I said years ago, which has yet to come true, where that stuff just airs on that simulcast on the app live? I think it's possible, but I, I doubt it because of, of TV rights deals. My guess is, but I mean, you know, it, it's all NBC, so maybe it's all it's all the big one, big company, and and I, I don't really see a reason they can't. Um, except you know, if it was on NBC proper or something like that, I said they probably couldn't. But USA as cable network, probably they could. I don't see why not. What I'm hoping this does is kind of bump up the availability of Peacock because right now all we can get it on is our computer, the smart, the smartphone, tablet, or the Flex. <laughs> and the yeah. Flex is in the back room, and I'm not hooking another thing up to the TV that's already smart. Just make a new app, please. <laughs> get on that. Chop, chop. Chop, chop. Which um, – with the live shows and that NXT stuff, I don't, I don't know. At least it guarantees that the network is here for another five years. Because you know, you always just always see the people that are like, ah, oh, this is network's dying. They 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 advertise it sixteen times tonight as opposed to twelve the night before. Oh my god! <laughs> I just this really also the the, the deal being done now is. Just uh, trying to get ahead of the uh, anticipation of um, of crowds being back. They hope to have crowds back by WrestleMania, and if not, definitely by SummerSlam. And you couple that with Peacock and you know wh- whatever they add, you know, with Peacock. Hopefully, it's live streaming of of Raw or SmackDown or something uh, that or more original content coupled with fans going back into the arena. Then you know, they'll be sitting pretty. Hypothetically, though, I assume people are going to WrestleMania because they already have the – well, we saw with the Super Bowl, and I see with the Florida Panthers. I'm only going based on what I watch. Uh, there's people at the hockey games. That's indoor. A lot less people there. But I just assume they're going to have about 25,000 people at a big, huge stadium for WrestleMania. That's just an assumption. I, I think it's inevitable after a year, uh, whether or not they have to have the vaccination. I, I don't know. Not my problem to deal with. 
But I have this weird feeling, Chris, that we're going to have people at WrestleMania regardless because it's in goddamn Florida. Yeah, I was going to say, because Florida, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely we're going to have people there because Florida. Uh, no, but, I mean, it, it makes sense, but it's still going to be weird, you know. But I think, it, I, I mean, the fact that the template's been made with the Super Bowl just just leads you to believe that, you know, Vince is certainly not going to be outdone for WrestleMania by the Super Bowl. If the Super Bowl can find a way to make it happen, you know Vince is going to figure a way to make it happen. So, yeah, you know, whatever. I think, and that's probably only good for WrestleMania because of last year being kind of weird when it was spread over two nights and no no fans and all that other stuff. That was just odd. But all my personal feelings on Vince and the writers aside, considering that all we were all there, it all happened so quickly. We were live when the Rudy Gobert thing and the NBA started shutting down here on this show. Uh, Harry was on that show talking about coming over to WrestleMania, and I said, don't count on it. <laughs> you see this? Yeah. I said, I don't know, man. Look at all. And it just quickly snowballed. By the end of that week, it was all over. And they had to scramble. Again, personal feelings aside on who's running what. They scrambled to put on a show. Almost killed Edge. But... <laughs> But the show went off, so I do think planning-wise, they're miles away from the, where they were this time last year, March last year. Um, and and personal feelings on vaccinations aside, scientifically know that this is getting better with that. You, you know what I mean? Like light at the end of the tunnel uh, situation. I'm not advocating. It's weird. We talked about it on the hockey podcast, Chris and, and Craig. I don't – it's not that I'm accepting and complacent about uh, whatever, but I know people who have traveled during COVID, have gone to sporting events, have gotten home, not gotten sick because they took – they wore masks when they needed to, didn't fuck around with that kind of shit, and they came home, everything was fine. I'm not advocating to go back to normal. But if you're – at this point, I'm, I'm not social justicing this crap anymore. If everybody's being safe and following the guidelines, I hope to hell to see people at WrestleMania. You know, if you're yeah. going to do it and they're going to do it safe, who the fuck am I to say what is right and what is wrong when I know there are people that have done this that are okay? And they never – it wasn't that they got sick and they didn't know it. They didn't get sick. You didn't get anybody else sick. Everything was fine. You get what I'm trying to say. I'm not complacency, but I'm like, if they can do it, do it. At this point, do it, because I'm going crazy. Just do it. Yes, exactly. Do it. Well, I mean, if you can figure a way to do it safely, I'm fine with it. But, I mean, there's a lot of arguments to be said about are they doing it safely. I mean, even looking at the Super Bowl this weekend, I mean, there's a lot of people – milling about, watching Miley Cyrus for some reason. Um, and, um, you know, it just it just seems it, – it's just what's your, what's your opinion on it? And it just seems weird to be having these crowds. Now, if you can do it, everybody takes the test within 72 hours or you get the vaccine and it's all, first, it's all first responders who've had the vaccine for a while. I mean, okay, fine, <laughs> you know. Um, but there is there is a – Somewhat of a of this rush to get to to fans in in stadiums and, and 
And, and Vince is going to be the one leading that charge. Um, and wrestling will be that be the right in that vanguard, particularly WWE, because wrestling is so critical to have the crowd. Let me let me throw a monkey into our wrench here, and I said that on purpose. You ready for this, Chris? Yeah. You guys don't spend the time on social media, and kudos to you. You guys are both better for it than I do. But that weekend, WrestleMania weekend, the collective and all those multi-independent shows are running. There's your monkey in your okay. wrench. I don't have to explain to you why that's a fantastic fucking idea. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bad idea. Yeah. Not say the word here because I'll get shit for it. But yeah. Uh, they'll they'll figure it out of there. And we'll be where we need to be or we won't. But I mean it's sure play in the tunnel, but we can still screw this up. <laughs> oh sure. Sure we can. I won't be there. Go screw it up. Get away from me. <laughs> <laughs> Just like I mean it is Florida. If anything can screw it up. It's Florida. It's Florida. <laughs> well, they have such a smart gentleman running the show that obviously has real hair. Listen, embrace <laughs> your baldingness. Look at that. <laughs> anyway, Craig, you're That's hot. Thank you. That is hot. Thank you. Uh, lady. Yeah, uh, obviously, if, if there's any way that um, Vince can have people in the stands, however many, for WrestleMania, he'll do it. I know it killed him last year not to be able to do it, or not to be able to have it. Instead of just postponing the whole thing, I, I'm i going to have it anyway, damn it, even if there's nobody there. And you ruined, you know, possibly one of the great WrestleMania, WrestleMania moments by having Drew go over Brock Lesnar in five minutes. Uh, you know, live crowd that would have blown the – there was no roof, but it would have – Blown whatever uh, figurative roof off of the uh, Tampa Bay Stadium. Um, so I think he will take every precaution to make sure uh, that everyone is safe, uh, just like he he has been doing for the most part. But uh, yeah, if there yeah, if there's any way that he can get people in there for a WrestleMania to have a WrestleMania in front of a crowd, uh, he will do it, and he will spare no expense uh, to do that, especially now with this. Peacock merger, and he's got all his new Peacock fans watching, and uh, a lot of cocks, a lot of cocks out there. You know, <laughs> want, want, a lot of cocks want the premium P, is is what I'm saying. So, uh, so I see, that, I see them, I see them, ha- I see us having WrestleMania with with a crowd. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I mean, with the fact that Peacock is going to be so new, and this will be the first WrestleMania on Peacock, there will be an incentive for us to make them as big as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, they're going to pull out all the stops. Not that they don't usually, but this is going to be its going to be increasingly important that he delivers here this first this first time. You've got all the eyeballs. You don't have excuses this year. The, the, only, the, the only thing I, that I could see is a problem, Chris, right now going as we go towards WrestleMania, and we're less than a month away, they don't really have a match that's stadium worthy. They have a stadium that needs a match, you know. Whereas before, and I'll I talk about that. yeah, I'll talk about a wrestling historian about matches that needed a stadium because that's how big they were. Right now, we have a we have a stadium, and there's not. I don't see a wrestle uh, a main event worthy match that will fill it. 
Yeah, I would agree with that, too. Yeah. No, the, 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 Nia Jax Hole won't. Uh, no, she yeah. won't. Uh, as, as big as it is, they could actually have the the WrestleMania in Nia Jax's Hole. Um, that's a joke about the the girth of the woman. Okay, is what I'm saying. She's right, a listen, large, big woman. Listen, I'm uh, listening. I how, what? How do you have to? What do you do to get there? Because I'd like to. Yeah, well, I, I understand it's a drive-through. Anyway, the. What right, WrestleMania right. needs is a type of match that will get the – and right now there isn't one right now. I, Edge is not going to do it no matter who he decides to wrestle. Um, bringing the, but, it, but it shows you the, the dearth of the WWE's talent pool because they have to bring someone from the past in order to get you interested in the present. So – you know, whether it's Edge or Rock or Cena or Batista or anyone else, they have to pull up a movie set to get to WrestleMania. I, I'm sure they will do, but as of right now, neither Reigns or McIntyre have a WrestleMania main event worthy opponent to face right now. At least none that I care to see. You'd think with all that wrestling on TV, we'd be closer. Yep. You'd think. But no. Well, I mean, yeah, that gets back into the whole, whole. the cycle of well, WWE can't make stars, and when they do make stars, they screw them up, and you know all well, that stuff. Here we are. Speaking of too much wrestling, Chris, uh, here we are. We have too much wrestling on TV. Um. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And remember I said, uh, no, you never get enough wrestling. Well, there's two. Remember that? (laughs) Remember those conversations? Yeah, I was wrong. And there's too much now. And uh, you just added the uh, New Japan has a show that's um, debuting uh, debuted this week on the Roku channel that had a, an amazing turnout. You had IWTV uh, debuting on Pluto as a channel last week. There's a lot of wrestling on TV. And uh, I know what your answer is, so why don't you share it? With everybody, how much wrestling you watch these days? I watch the Rumble. Hey! Hey! hey I actually re re upped my subscription because I like the Rumble. Hey. I got the, I got I got the, I got the Rumble, and now I'm not going to have to pay for it, so I'll probably watch more wrestling because it's free. So you know, um, but no, I mean I haven't watched a whole lot. I mean, we talk about the lack of stars in WWE. There's not anything really compelling me to come back. I mean, there's there's guys that I like a lot. Um, they're losing. They're mid-carders. You know? I mean, you think about AJ Styles, you think about Shinsuke Nakamura, the guys that we were all really excited with about being in WWE three to four years ago, they're doing nothing. <laughs> and, you know, guys like Reigns, guys like Rollins, and to Orton and, and 
Bray Wyatt, okay, I might, I might give you Bray Wyatt. I kind of think that's kind of cool, but, but you know, is there enough to bring me back to watch, you know, a, a three hours of Raw? Hell no, not no. at all, not at all. In, 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 in small doses, I've come back. I've watched a few matches on a Monday night when you know nothing else is going on. Um, you know, I'll watch a SmackDown if nothing's going on. You know, but you know, is is there? Am I seeking out? I'm not even seeking out takeovers really anymore. I mean, I use, those used to be destination viewing, regardless of whether or not I was really into the main roster product. I used to watch Black NXT, but um, so it, couple all that with you know, yeah, there's AEW and there's alternatives now, um, but I have so many alternatives of of things to watch. <laughs> you know, pandemic aside, there's only so many hours in the day. And there's so much content, not just wrestling, um, that it's really hard to try to get invested in an AEW or uh, a New Japan on top of WWE or even in exclusive, you know, even uh, other than WWE. Just not, there's just so much to watch and so much to do that the cycle of professional wrestling, in my mind, at least as far as mainstream wrestling, is down. Um, there's a lot to like. There's, there's stuff to like if you're into that kind of stuff. I think AEW's got some good things going on. But is it enough for me to go back and watch two hours of, of wrestling every week? Probably not. Greg? Yeah, uh, I'd agree with Chris. If I was a, a, a wrestling fan or someone I, who called themselves a wrestling fan, there isn't anything that would bring me back, especially if you – the reason why you stopped wrestling in the first place – um, those problems or issues still exist, and they haven't been addressed uh, by the WWE or, or AEW. Um, I, as someone who who grew up with uh, the beginnings of cable TV and was would revel in it every Saturday, getting to watch WWF, NWA, AWA, World Class. Championship Wrestling from Florida, Georgia Championship Wrestling, Southwest Championship Wrestling, all in one day. Never thought I would say there's too much wrestling on TV because <laughs> even after a day like that in the in the 80s, every Saturday, still couldn't get enough. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of wrestling on TV, but how much good wrestling is there on TV? And I would say none. Well, that's what I do. You talk about Saturdays. What I do now is on Saturday is that's how – by the way, I just want to say GM Spectre said that Rumble is pretty much a tradition at this point. That's why I watch. Yeah, um, well, that's, that's kind of what it is for me. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And GM Spectre is – literally just messaged in the, com- in the uh, chat exactly the point I was going to make. And I will read that comment and then finish my story. There's a lot out there, but a lot of it can be summarized in YouTube clips. On Saturday, like I used to when I was a kid, Saturday mornings you get up, have breakfast, watch wrestling for hours. Because, God, at one point at the peak of um, the Monday Night Wars, but even in between and before, after, and in between, wrestling was on all day Saturday. There's so many syndicated shows from the big places – and in between, local NWA, ECW, in the Philadelphia area, at the very least, 
you could go eight hours and watch wrestling and then end it with WCW Saturday night. That's how much wrestling was on Saturday. That's one day, though. That's the thing. It's not multiple. I have other things I want to watch. As I jokingly said, um, I got nuts to bust. (laughs) Like, I ain't watching TV. No. (laughs) I got video games to yell at on stream. No. Saturday morning cartoons to pro wrestling. Basically, GM Specter. But yeah, I, that's what I do. I go to Impact. Well, and I skip a lot of Impact because of. Uh, um, MLW. And I'll, thank you, Chris. <laughs> I, did that, I did that mostly for you. Last week, last week, Xavier and I basically said his name, but for Chris, I was like, uh-huh, uh-huh. I, got the, I got the syllables. MLW's got all their stuff. Ring of Honor starting to upload stuff. By the way, big shout out to O'Shea Edwards. If anybody knows. If anybody doesn't know who O'Shea Edwards is, look him up. Craig, that is your homework. Done. O'Shea Edwards, next week we're going to talk about O'Shea for a little while. Okay. He's a good guy, one of the most amazing things. This guy's a heel, right, in primetime last January. Before the shutdown and then the shutdown, um, he comes in a heel. This show is in D.C. I don't have to explain the crowd to Craig. He comes in, he's supposed to be the bad guy. This group of like 10 kids were cheering louder than anybody else in there. And there is a couple hundred in there. And just warmed up to this guy, and it was one of the most amazing little things I've ever seen in an indie show. Or at a wrestling show. But the indie aspect of it made it like, that's, this, that's amazing. That says, not only did I like O'Shea before that, but that was just like, this guy's Awesome. And you must look him up. But anyway, he's on Ring of Honor now, so that got my eyes back onto that, and they restarted at the beginning of the year. AEW, WWE, they all have their clips on YouTube. So anything you can watch that you need to watch, anything important, go to the channel, watch them in order, you've caught up. So within three hours, I'm done. I got everything I need. Skip the Sting interviews. But I got everything I need. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, you know, I love Sting, but I'm just like, why are you having him talk so much? Shut up. When, I, when you say, I need an old wrestler who can talk well, Sting is not the first voice, the name that comes to mind. <laughs> and this I, is from a Stinger. Yeah. And I, you could even, as a Stinger yourself, Dan, or any hardcore Sting fan, you can't say, hey, remember that great Sting interview he gave? Sure, I can, too. I can tell you two of them. <laughs> and the one I remember because I was there. But as opposed to someone like Flair. Or, I can think of or, 60 of them. Yeah, or Rock, or Austin, or, you know, or hell, even Jericho. You know. Sting every now and then had moments of brilliance. It was every now and then over about 30 years. Two. I think two, well, two, <laughs> three. I got three, and three of them I know by heart because there wasn't a lot to it. <laughs> and the one I, the reason I remember that last one because it was at that Nitro in the Spectrum, which ended up being the last Nitro in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And going back and watching it makes me laugh because Brett's out, you know, he interrupts the first match. Brett's like, got screwed promoters, no world title shots of being here, body, body, bye. <laughs> and Sting comes out, interrupts, and he just basically said, no, basically, of course I'm going to do it verbatim because I remember. He goes, Brett, you come out here, you talk about your time. 
He's talking about your legacy. I got to tell you something, Brad. I got your legacy right here. And he does the thing. But live, you see him go, I got your legacy. Okay. They block it. They're like, you, what? <laughs> right here's bad? Anyway, skip those because I don't need to see Sting talk for Darby. No, thank you. No. But, yes, all of your content is on YouTube. And those numbers count as well. So it's not like I'm, like, effing over the companies by not watching their product. They're getting the hits, and I'm not skipping ads. Uh, that's another thing. I know ads annoy people, but if you're supporting a content creator, whether they're big or not, and I'm not talking about myself because I don't get ads on my YouTube videos because I'm nobody. And I mean that literally, not complaining. Don't worry about me. But if you're watching somebody creating content, don't skip the ads. It helps the artist. I know they're annoying, but stop it. Grow up. You're an adult. Turn off ad blocker, you annoying pain in the ass. Uh, I can't remember Sting as an interviewee, but always remember his awesome in-ring uh, charisma, though, and I still like Surfer Sting. Well, gee, Inspector, you're not wrong. Yeah, Surfer Sting was awesome. But all these promos that I'm talking about all happened after Crow Sting was born. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if you and if you want to keep the aura of Sting, it's Darby who should talk and not Sting, because Sting was at his best when he's not talking. You know what I don't need in my life in 2021? Taz and Sting in a war of words. <laughs> That's something we none of us need. No. Um. So, oversaturation, uh, did you guys want to add anything else to that? Did I miss anything, or did we no. even talk? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's 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 not going to get any better, but, I mean, you know, you hate you hate to be like, hey, you know, what are, what are more of these wrestling companies need to consolidate? <laughs> and, uh, or kind yeah, of. Yeah, but, but I just – you know, it, it, there's 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 finite finite time and day, and there's finite amounts of professional wrestling that I can deal with, and WWE's not going to go down. So, well, I will say this: I do appreciate what AEW Impact and Drew Brain Fried in New Japan. New Japan is doing. I, I do appreciate what they're doing. Yeah, uh, what, uh, and, and let me also add, Impact needs these two companies more than it, those two companies. That Impact. is true. Let me just put that out there. Uh, there are a great bunch of wrestlers. Some of them I like very much in Impact. But Impact as a whole needs these two more than the other way around. Yeah. Put that out there. But I have loved everything except minus one person that they've done. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking of fact, the fact that Impact's still here in 2021 is amazing. How many <laughs> times did we eulogize Impact? I know. How many times? How many times? During your presence on the show, after, and now. It's been the same. They've been – kudos to them because I don't want to see them shut down. It's I've said that before. I've said it now, and I'll say it in the future. I don't want Impact to shut down. I want them to do better for, by the talent. A company that wouldn't die. Yeah. Yep. And as long as those talents are getting paid, I have zero complaints. Uh, content is a different discussion. But if talents get <laughs> paid, more power to them. I know a, pe- a couple people, I, I've been in the locker room with a couple of them, and I couldn't be happier than a pig and shit that they're getting paid. 
I love it. Jordan Grace is one of them. She gets a lot of flack from a lot of people. You're all idiots. She's a great count. She knows what she's doing, and everything she does is deliberate. <laughs> uh, you know, I was so happy to see ODB was back this week. Wow. That was so cool. Just so you don't think WWE is the only one doing the we need the old guys thing. Yeah, I know. AEW was doing <laughs> we need the old guys thing. Impact is right there like, who can we bring in? You. Although ODB always thought wasn't there long enough, but uh, I guess they're not bringing Daphne back. Yeah, she's not 20 years ago so much as uh, – Wasn't her and Jackie, uh, Miss Jacqueline, I'll say, uh, wrestling like less than a decade ago at one of the shows? I believe so. Maybe it was a little over a decade ago. I don't know what year it is and how many times. Uh, uh, the other – what did I say today? I said 20 years ago. I was like, fuck, I just said 20 years ago when I. <laughs> the words that I used. Like, shit. Never mind. Yeah, I'm liking Impact lately. More for the talent. Exactly. Glitch special effect. Handing it over to Craig. Craig, it's, since we're done speaking on the wrestling of today, it's time for you to take us to a trip from yesterday. From yesterday, well, from yesterday to today, we'll go that back. To, we'll go back to the future. Yeah, that, that title makes as much sense as Ma- what you just said. I have no idea what I just said. McFly. <laughs> well, as you can see, we're in black and white. I'm black, they're white, and we're going to talk wrestling. I'm bad. You're black. He's bad. Okay. Hey, we're back. We're bad. I'm black. You're mad. Don't be such a killjoy. Lethal Weapon 2, kids. That's what we're quoting here. As we're going back in the day, back in the yesteryear, back when professional wrestling, we listened to our previous HIAC uh, talk radio podcast uh, episode. We, I talked about what a joy it was on Saturdays for me to watch wrestling from different territories, WWF, NWA, AWA, World Class, Georgia, Florida, Texas, and all points in between. Uh, that's what I'm going to focus on this week. Some big stuff happening this week in professional wrestling. Uh, and know what I said, professional wrestling, not sports entertainment, not theater matches, not backstage segments where everyone gets attacked, not kidnappings or handcuffs to ropes and weddings in the ring. I'm talking about professional wrestling. This, everyone, notice I didn't say ladies and gentlemen, everyone is the Thank wrestling you. historian. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, one of the things that happened this week that the WWE drew attention to, uh, maybe in fact uh, because it, to coincide with their uh, new venture with the Peacock Network, owned by NBC, was this happened? What happened this week at the WWF? Very WWE very adroitly mentioned uh, at least twelve times uh, on their last broadcast that what happened uh, thirty-three years ago this week. Uh, on February 5th, 1988, it was the premiere of Wrestling on Prime Time for the first time since 1955. Rest, uh, professional wrestling was on the Prime Time Network. Uh, the main event, uh, we went from Saturday's main event to the main event, uh, Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. Uh, of course, we all know the ending, the duel, the dueling Hebners. Uh, the title changing place, Kate DiBiase, surreptitiously uh, becoming the WWF Heavyweight Champion after Andre the Giant pinned Hulk Hogan 
and surrendered the belt and gave it to Ted DiBiase. Well, that belt itself, and I mentioned it last week um, when they came to ratings, uh, that belt, that bout that happened uh, 33 years ago this week, February 5th, 1988, did a 15.2 rating and was seen in 33 million households. <laughs> Again, let me just point out, we're arguing over under 100, <laughs> under, under <laughs> million. <laughs> okay. It, it is a historian. It was a different time. It was a different time. You're exactly <laughs> right, Chris. Uh, I was one of those. Actually, I had asked my mom to tape that because I had to work that night. And I, she had the and typical mom. She's on. I'm on the phone with her, and I told her what channel to put it on. I was telling her what buttons to press. As I heard over the phone, this McMahon saying, "Like Andre the Giant is the new World Wrestling Federation Heavyweight Champion, and Hogan is distraught." His shoulder was clearly up, and I said, Mom, press the button." We said, "What am I pressing? <laughs> press pray and record at the same time right now." <laughs> Of course, I was got home too late to see what exactly happened, and it wasn't until the following week that I got to see the full thing. Uh, that that whole match, by the way, is available right now on the WWE Network for the time being before it goes over to Peacock. But uh, Hulk Hogan had his shoulder up. The referee still counted the belt. still counted his shoulders down at three. Uh, Andre the Giant was awarded the WWF Heavyweight Championship. And then I surrender the belt to Ted DiBiase. And Ted DiBiase left the ring with the WWF Heavyweight Championship. But a postscript to that, though, this was on network TV. And even though 33 million people saw it, that wasn't everyone. Because, see, the very next day, February 6, 1988, the WWF was still had their road schedule. So keeping it in time with the insane travel schedule they had, that bout took place in Indianapolis, uh, the main event did. But the next day, that Saturday, uh, the WWF had a house show in Boston in the afternoon and was in Philadelphia that night with the same main event, Bam Bam Bigelow and Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant and Ted DiBiase. And for those fans who were involved in the Boston Garden for that matinee, didn't know that what had happened the previous night. So the Boston Garden did 15,334 people for an afternoon show. And when Ted DiBiase was introduced as the new WWF heavyweight champion, the place went nuts. And the same thing happened that night at the Spectrum, where I was there, along with 13 thousand one hundred and eleven of my closest friends and I had to tell folks when they couldn't understand why Ted DiBiase was coming to the ring wearing the belt I said no he uh Andre won it last night and he gave the test no way that motherfucker and he was introduced as the World Wrestling Federation heavyweight champion and of course in both of those bouts Bam Bam Bigelow and Hulk Hogan uh Hogan pinned DiBiase in both of those bouts but uh during that time, there was only a, another week or so that DiBiase actually appeared in matches with the belt before, you know, the, the next week's TV tapings when uh, he was stripped of the title. 
I always thought, and you know, we could have a whole another podcast on the wrestlers who should have been champions, or had they been given a run with the belt. Keeping the belt on DiBiase well towards WrestleMania would have been best for business. And I know they wanted to have another Hogan Andre for WrestleMania four that year, and Savage was already going to be, you know, penciled in as the champion. But keeping the belt on DiBiase, having Andre versus Hogan, and DiBiase versus Savage as your co-main event for WrestleMania would have been gold. But, um, yeah, so February 5th and February 6th, 1988, uh, Ted DiBiase for that time was the heavyweight champion, and 33 million people got to see the main event. Were you going to say something, Dan? No, I was telling you to raise your mic a little higher again. Right. Perfect. Perfect. I'm leaving uh, it in. Yes. Leave that in. Leave it all the way. And also, also on February 6th, um, 11 years earlier in 1977 on that date, was when Harvey Race, before that, the shortest reigning NWA champion ever. He had only held the belt, the, the belt 57 days the last time he was NWA champion. Well, Harvey Race ended the title reign of Terry Funk. February 6, 1977, in Toronto at the Maple Leaf Garden using the Indian death lock and causing Terry Funk to submit. And Harley Race, with his second NWA championship reign, would go on to cement his legacy as, in my opinion, the greatest NWA champion of all time. That would be the second of eventually eight world title reigns for Harley Race, who would become synonymous with the NWA title but up until then, up until February 6, 1977, Harley Race was the shortest reigning NWA champion of all time. That's insane to me. Yeah. That, that's, that is nuts to me. He held about 57 days only because uh, Dory Funk didn't want to put it on Jack Briscoe. Uh, politics and didn't want to go over. And didn't <laughs> want to do it in Texas. So, Harley, inserted Harley Race. Okay, Bret Hart. He defeated Dory Funk Jr. That's still the only NWA title bout that wasn't televised. Wow. But, um, yeah, but uh, Harley Race regaining from Terry Funk. And we've talked about it before. Terry Funk, whose career lasted twice as long as Harley Race's career, who reinvented himself over and over again. Uh, one of the great wrestlers of all time, one of the great characters in wrestling history. But only and all on the strength of being an NWA world champion, a former world champion, but he only held it once. And that reign came to an end February 6, 1977. Um, which brings us to uh, today in wrestling history, um, a sad day, unfortunately. Uh, February 10, 1984, uh, I still maintain as the wrestling version of the day the music died. Because on this date, we lost someone very young, and it completely shocked the world of professional wrestling, not just the territory, but the world. Because uh, it was a Saturday afternoon. I was watching, like I always do, begin my day watching WWF Championship Wrestling. Uh, this was in the infancy of, of Hulkamania. It was only two weeks old. Hulk Hogan came out and uh, to say hi to the crowd in Hamburg Fieldhouse to shake hands with Tito Santana before his bout with 
David Schultz, and after that bout, Vince McMahon, of all people, shared with me the news that David Von Erich had passed away. This is on a WWF network. This is in the beginning of Vince McMahon's total takeover of professional wrestling. Yet still, he was the one announcing that David Von Erich, who had never wrestled in the WWF, save for one bout at Madison Square Garden, was gone. And that same announcement was made on the AWA. Gene Ogerlin shared it with the uh, AWA watching audience. Gordon Soley on Florida Championship Wrestling and on Georgia Championship Wrestling, and of course, World Class, where David Von Erich called home, and where David Von Erich was uh, its brightest star. He was found dead in Japan, uh, and stories, and even got 47 years later, 37 years later, apologies. Um, Don't age me. (laughs) But the cause of death is still you know, you hear Ric Flair or other people tell it that um, David Von Erich had died of a drug overdose and that Bruiser Brody was flushing drugs down the toilet as the police were entering David Von Erich's hotel room. David Von Erich was found in his hotel room uh, in Japan uh, at the start of his tour there. David Von Erich never wrestled one match in Japan because um, after that, after his, and he was found, people were saying he was on tour of, a, of wrestling in Japan, and after a bout, he fell ill. He never wrestled in Japan. That was the beginning of his first tour there, and before his first match. Uh, with the Von Erichs, David Manning, uh, Fritz all said at the time that uh, he died of a, acute enteritis of a swollen intestine. Uh, whether or not it was caused by an errant kick, I don't know, but his heart stopped because of a swollen intestine. Either way, uh, it's a, a curious uh, ailment for a 25-year-old to have. The him being uh, abusing drugs was uh, for Von Erich more plausible at the time, given his lifestyle. But either way, David Von Erich, at 25 years old, was gone. Uh, three months later. Of course, the Parade of Champions, Texas Stadium, and that was a match that needed a stadium. You know, Dan, we talked about on previous historians a couple months ago, the Christmas spectaculars that they would have around the country. Well, we know in uh, Christmas 1982 what happened when the beginning of the Von Erich Freebirds feud, but on Christmas Day 1983, David Von Erich pinned the NWA champion, Ric Flair. And apparently that was the third time he had pinned him um, in succession. He had pinned, David had pinned Flair in a tag team match, and he had pinned Ric Flair in a non-title match. And in that Christmas day, 1983, one year after the Von Erich feud, David Von Erich pinned Ric Flair in a six-man tag team match. Michael Hayes had lost a, a loser league town match, and David pinned Ric Flair when Flair teamed up with Terry Gordy and Buddy Roberts. And later on that night in the main event, David Von Erich again pinned Ric Flair in a non-title match. So it was set up for May of 1984 that David Von Erich would wrestle Ric Flair for the NWA heavyweight title in Texas Stadium. 
show. That was always the goal. Um, a match that needed a stadium. When David passed on this day, Kerry was uh, set up to uh, take his place. The rest we know is history. May 1984, making history. 45,000 fans in Texas Stadium. But uh, the death of David Von Erich threw world class for a loop. Some would say that was the beginning of the end, even though they were in the they were the most successful territory, NWA, WWF, or otherwise, in professional wrestling at the time. Prior to David's death, they were seen in more syndicated markets. They had bigger TV ratings, bigger audiences. Uh, they were, what they were doing camera-wise, cameras in the ring, was innovative. That had been copied. That has since been copied in every territory since then. But um, David's loss um, has changed the whole trajectory of professional wrestling. You can always speculate, and we've done it on this very podcast many times. What would what would have happened had David not left us? Would he have been NWA champion? Probably. How effective an NWA champion would be, we don't know. Some people say that David, it would have been David Von Erich had he stayed with us. He could have been the Undertaker. Uh, he or he had at least made a significant dent in the WWF at some point. And others will say that had David not left us, we would have all the Von Erichs still. I not to go off on a tangent, but addiction and depression and other mental illness absolutely ran through that family, so I'm not entirely sure about that. And, and I don't mean that as an F you, I mean Yeah, and, and I agree, I agree with you in part, Dan, because I said the same thing about Gina Hernandez, uh and I said the same thing about Carrie. Uh we we have speculated on this podcast if Hogan had stayed in the AWA and Vince needed a uh, a larger than life character to complete his takeover of the wrestling. Who would he have chosen? Kerry Von Erich was on a short list of people that have, that he could have made into a Hulk Hogan type character. Uh, but with Kerry's demons, just like the Von Erichs had uh, back then, it it might have hastened it. I said the thing about Gina Hernandez. If Gina Hernandez had gone to the NWA or even to the WWF, the same thing might have happened because he always he already had that demon. Uh, it just it it uh that instant fame just magnifies what you already are. So had David stayed with us, I think it was only a matter of time before he wasn't with us. Again, not saying this. I same thing that would have happened. The world class wouldn't have happened, given the uh, the pressures that all three brothers were under. But uh, we don't know. And the fact that they all had demons to, to worry about, that was just in world class. Granted, Texas world class was the largest territory in the NWA. But imagine doing that, the pressure that they were under on a national scale. When If they had gone to the WWF and they, instead of driving to all these towns in Texas, they had to fly from Los Angeles to Miami, to Chicago, to Toronto. Yeah. Uh, and staying on this note, unfortunately, when we we lost David Von Erich, February tenth, nineteen eighty four, that same this same date, two thousand three, we lost a man who who fortunately did get to fulfill his potential. With David Von Erich, we never got to see what he would have become. 
uh, with this man, we did see what he did become. And for a lot of people, he was perfect. February 10, 2003, we lost Kurt Henning. Uh, 45 years old. Talk about your podcast of wrestlers who never had the world championship but should have. Yeah. Yeah, well, absolutely. Well, Kurt Henning was the AWA heavyweight champion, so he was a world champion. But uh, You know what I mean. I, I met Mr. You, Perfect. I do know what you mean. Uh, Kurt Henning would have been a phenomenal WWF champion. Um, I think he's someone that definitely could have could have drawn just as much um, as any heel champion would have in the WWF. Um, like his his work was impeccable, always was, always is. And uh, if you want to do some homework, uh, you gave me uh, a wrestler to uh, to watch, uh, Dan. You want to fall down a YouTube hole? The time that Kurt Henning actually was perfect. Uh, I know it was a gimmick that he had on WWF TV, but what he did with that towel, or when he would just, whether he was spitting the gum up in the air and hitting with your hand, which is a lot harder than it looks, folks, give that a try. When you're chewing gum, spit it out and try to hit it. <laughs> Ain't that hard. I mean, it's not, it's not that easy, okay? When heading, never missed it. Uh, when he was, was on Tuesday Night Titans, he flipped the pencil in the air and catch it. Times he'd throw the towel around his uh, over his shoulder, the time he and caught it, or the time he was facing the camera, turned his back to the camera and threw the towel over, and the towel draped perfectly over the camera and just landed perfectly. Or the time he jumped in the ring and flipped the towel behind his back, and it landed perfectly on the shoulders of Mr. Hughes. And Hughes even just stopped and just looked, and it's like, damn. I mean, right on his shoulder, like it had been there the whole time. So, yeah, check out YouTube the times that Kurt Henning was absolutely perfect. My favorite one is the gif of Mr. Perfect entering with Bobby behind him, and he throws the towel, and it, it goes behind Bobby, but he's just like, yeah. It never touches the ground. I love like, that clip. Yeah. How? 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 It's not in the same athleticism, but it, it always go back. I almost said it like Dusty yep. at Hollywood. Athleticism. Uh, yes, then it, because he didn't, he didn't, didn't even see Henning throw it. That's yeah, what just, made it so amazing. <laughs> and he just reached back behind him, glanced, glanced behind him, and just caught it out of midair. It, look up the goal by Alexander Ovechkin. You tell me how the hell he did that. It's that kind of like how? Wait, how? And the, the vignettes, he he shot the basketball playing, the football, uh, the the baseball, and uh, it was fitting that uh, Wade Boggs was the one who inducted Kurt Heading into the WWE Hall of Fame because they were great friends. Saved his life. Yeah, that's a crazy story. Don't go no don't go near barbed wire alone, kids. Um, so that. I hate to keep it on a down note, but while we're here, mm-hmm. we had another, I'll call it, tragic passing. We did, um, and the WWF did pay tribute to him, and I was going to, I wasn't going to uh, because I have a lot, uh, but I am now going to pay tribute uh, because it is Black History Month uh, to the former tag team partner of the man who's uh, catchphrase uh, he created 
we lost uh, the natural hacksaw Butch Reed uh, earlier this week. Um, the, the WWE put out a, a graphic of for Black History Month of the great uh, African-American wrestlers that have graced their rings over the years. And curious by his absence was Butch Reed, uh, the natural. Um, Butch Reed was part of the expansion when Vince, uh, which started in 1984, ironically enough, was his goal was to put every other wrestling territory out of business by taking all of their top stars. And Butch Reed was one of them. He, at the time, he was a top star in uh, Mid South. Uh, Vince's idea to dye his hair blonde, and let all the fans know that it was natural. He was a natural blonde because he was a natural athlete. And well, uh, Butch Butch Reed was a natural athlete. Uh, amazing body, uh, and amazing athleticism. A champion steer rider. I didn't. People didn't know that he was a he was a died on the wall cowboy. He he steer wrestled. He was tough as nails. And it was Ric Flair of all people that put him on the map. He broke in as Bruce Reed. And in fact, Ric Flair even referred to him as Bruce Reed when they first wrestled in 1982 in Florida, because Flair had an eye for talent. Just like back in 1977, he said this Hawaiian kid with the dark hair, the the really quiet kid. I can work with him. That kid, of course, being Ricky Steamboat, and they went on to have the greatest wrestling matches of all time. Uh, same thing with that skinny kid from uh, from Seattle. He's got a mouth on him, but I like him. That kid was Roddy Piper. No, that's <laughs> like from Seattle. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Ready. Yeah, Pacific Northwest. Yep. That's for Don Owen. He said, "Yeah, I can, I can, I can work with that guy." Yeah, slightly. And he and he said the same thing about Bruce Reed. He he liked his build, and you know Flair has always had an affinity for you know for the big strong men that can that he can sell for, that he can bump off of, that that can no sell his chops. That he can, can just toss the shit out of him in yes. the ring. And and Butch Reed uh, set the trend for for later guys like Kerry Von Erich, uh, like Sting, uh, like Bruiser Brody, like. Uh, like Hulk Hogan, like the big guys that he could sell for. And during a match win on Championship Wrestling from Florida, he had a uh, a TV match with Bruce Reed that Gordon slowly referred to as even back then as Hacksaw Bush Reed. They went twenty. They went a thirty minute TV time limit. And uh, afterwards, Flair came over to to Gordon Soley and said, "I want five more minutes." Now Flair was the champion. And he was a cowardly heel champion. He was a guy that would get himself disqualified or run out of the ring to save his title. That'll come into play later, kids. But for some reason, he wanted five more minutes against his kid, Bruce Reed, who had only been wrestling up and, uh, for only six months at this time. And Gordon Soley, ever the professional, said, well, that's not up to me, Mr. Flair. That's up to the referee. Reggie Parks, and that's even, you know, it has to be uh, Butch Reed's call. You can't just ask for five minutes. Because I want it. I'm the NWA champion. Give me five more minutes. Well, 30-minute time limit was over. Flair goes back in the ring. Butch Reed was already blown up. Okay, and Flair, of course, 30 minutes, fresh as a daisy. Uh, and this is during Flair's first title reign. First of 16. Asked for another five minutes for, for against uh, Butch Reed. Referee rang the bell, and Flair went to work, 
pummeling Reed, and you can you can see how green Butch Reed was at the time. But uh, a flying body press later, Butch Reed pinned the NWA champion Ric Flair on TV, and the crowd went nuts. Gordon Soley went nuts. Everyone went nuts. And Butch Reed became the made man. That title win went to every wrestling magazine. All the after magazines had it on this cover. Butch, uh, Ric Flair loses to unknown contender. He didn't even have a name. They didn't even put his name on the cover of the magazine. But if you look at the pictures, Butch Reed was the man. And after that bout, Flair gave one of his great promos. You know how we said earlier, you can't think of a good Sting promo, but you can think of many great Flair promos. This is a Flair promo that I forgot, but the, the promo that Flair gave after he had lost to Butch Reed, after he'd been pinned, he said he produced, he comes back later in the program in his robe, still sweating, produces a contract. It said the contract was for 30 minutes, not 35, 30 minutes. So I'm sorry to, to Butch Reed, sorry to you, to all you fans, but I'm still the champion, and that pin didn't count. Well, it counted for Butch Reed because after that, Butch Reed could write his own ticket. While he stayed in Florida and had matches with Ric Flair, Ric Flair came back. Ric Flair put a bounty on Butch Reed's head, another way to put a guy over. Of course, no one could collect it. A couple of guys that tried to collect it at the time were David and Kerry Von Eric. ironically enough. They were all they were trying to, to help out Ric Flair. Uh and at the time when their their rematch uh at the Eddie Graham uh stadium and in the Florida Sundome, their cage match set the all time attendance record for the Florida Sundome for the Ric Flair versus Butch Reed steel cage match. So Butch Reed was having main event sellout matches against Ric Flair his first year in the business. And after that, he went to Mid-South, where he had been brought in originally as Junkyard Dog's tag team partner to go up against Ernie Ladd's Samoans. But when Butch Reed turned on Junkyard Dog, that made him lift out even more because back then, you want to be a number one heel in Mid-South or a number one heel in wrestling, you turn on Junkyard Dog. Happened with Ted DiBiase, happened with Mr. Wrestling 2, and it happened with Butch Reed. And from there, he became, and when he turned back face, he became an even bigger draw and this North American champion. And it was there that when Vince McMahon was going around collecting all the big names and all the top territories, Butch Reed was one of them. And of the people that he took from the Mid-South, that he made stars, it's a who's who of the WWE Hall of Fame. The wrestler that Vince McMahon took from Mid-South, Junkyard Dog. Ted DiBiase, Jake the Snake Roberts, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Hercules Hernandez, and Butch Reed. All for the Mid-South. And uh, Butch Reed, while may not have had the success that Junkyard Dog and Hacksaw Duggan or Ted DiBiase did in the WWF, uh, he did have, that was where he had his, his biggest run as were probably where he's most known for as being the natural. Rumor was that he was originally supposed to win the Intercontinental title from Ricky Steamboat, but uh, that, of course, went to uh, Honky Tonk Man. Boo! <laughs> Ricky Steamboat was leaving anyway. Um, Ugh, boo! 
but uh, uh, it was honky tonk. But uh, the rumor was that it was supposed originally supposed to be Butch Reed that was supposed to be the new Intercontinental Champion. After he left the WWF, obviously he went to WCW, teamed up with Ron Simmons. Who put, they were both put under masks under the guidance of woman. But it was only after they lost a loser must unmask match that Jim Ross called the worst kept secret in wrestling was revealed. Uh, that <laughs> Ron Simmons and Axel Butch Reed were in fact doom. Uh, and their matches, they were WCW Tag Team Champions. The matches against the Road Warriors and the Freebirds were legendary. And that would be Butch Reed's last great run in any wrestling organization. He retired quietly. Uh, not a lot of fanfare. Just walked off into the sunset just like a true cowboy that he was. Why? <laughs> Why what? Why does he retire? Uh, do you know something I don't? No, I'm no, I'm asking. I'm asking what do you know because I, I purposely didn't look up anything past what I knew of him because I was like, you must know. I, I went through the whole Doom run mm-hmm. as I've been watching the chronological stuff in the uh, WCW, and it was quicker than I remember. Yeah. As was woman's involvement with uh, Doom, way too short. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it occurred to me watching, like, there's no reason why uh, Butch Reed wasn't a bigger name. I don't understand watching this. Why this? I don't want to hear the can't talk shit because I just named Sting and thirty other. We could name twenty <laughs> other wrestlers that could talk for shit that were world champions uh, ten times over. So I don't want to hear that re- talking wasn't, and it certainly wasn't wrestling ability. What? Why do you do you know why Butch Reed was just like, eh, I'm I'm done, done. Butch Reed was already a successful uh, business owner um, ah. in Texas, and uh, he his first love was rodeo, uh, and he he owned a, a couple of uh, skiers, and uh, he was a. Uh, he honestly just didn't want it anymore, and I know. And also, on the other end, other side of that, the phone wasn't ringing. It wasn't like uh, other WWF was clamoring to have him back. And back then, there were they weren't a whole lot of options. He was never an an indie guy. You know, you weren't going to see him on the corner of Swanson and Ridner uh, hitting somebody. And I want to point out that that's stupid. Yeah, <laughs> phone should have been ringing. But what do I know? Uh, yeah, and and who know Dan? It might have been ringing. He just he just said no. He Butch Reed was one of those one of the few who, when he said he was done, he was done. Um, he didn't have the passion for it anymore. He was always uh, a guy that loved rodeo. He was uh, put his heart into rodeo a lot more than he did into wrestling, especially in the uh, in the in the nineties. Um, so he was one that that walked away, didn't look back. He really didn't have a. Uh, uh, a passion for it. He didn't really have a. Uh, he w- he was grateful for the time that he did have, and he for he, for as great a start as he had, you would have thought that there would have might have been a um a Barry Windham like run for him, yeah. given his uh, his look and and uh, mileage uh, that they got out of him. But um, no, he um, he. Florida was his, his proving ground from there to mid south. Uh, he had a brief stop in uh, in world class, but um, didn't stay and 
course, the money that he got for WWF, no one was going to turn down in their right mind. Sure. Uh, it paired him with Slick. They were, and he got, uh, as token as it was, he got a WrestleMania three spot against a guy that he wasn't feuding with, but Butch Reed versus Coco Beware was, uh, in front of 93,173 people, the biggest crowd he, he's ever wrestled in front of. And to that point, he made it. Uh, you're right, yeah. To, uh, to the big time. But, um, yeah, but Butch Reed was uh, a guy that was a professional wrestler uh, who made his money uh, and wasn't broke at the end, invested it wisely, had a business outside of it. His passion was rodeo. His passion was being a cowboy. Um, and uh, sadly left us too soon. I don't – he's not in the WWE Hall of Fame. I don't know if you could make a case for him being in there, but I – Coco Beware shouldn't be in there either. I was going to say, like, yes, you're right, but. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know it's always the Coco Beware rule. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, it's, and we all know it's completely arbitrary. Um, and I don't know if there were either, if there was a professional wrestling Hall of Fame if Butch Reed would qualify. Uh, but he was just a guy that you, he was made for the territories. Yeah. He was a guy that you, you, you can bring in as a top heel or a top baby face, and he could be your local champion, and he would draw you money because that's one thing Butch Reed did do was draw money. Like I said, he, he held the record at the Sun Dome. They had the largest crowd ever for a wrestling match there um, when his, his feud with Ric Flair. And uh, all credit to Ric Flair for putting him on the map. Uh, he knows talent when he sees it. Certainly does. Uh, if, he, if he says, I can make money off this guy, he can do it. His last appearance on WWF was on a Smack episode of SmackDown 2007. Wow. Okay. He was uh, he was in a backstage segment uh, with um, Teddy Long. Oh, of course. So a nice little throwback there. He was yeah. just one of the cameos in it. Uh, his last match was on May thir- uh, 18, 2013, teaming with Bob Wharton Jr. Hmm. and losing to Flash Flanagan and Ron Powers at the SICW. Uh, Legends show. I don't know. I guess it was just a indie indie wrestling yeah. show. It was a, a one timer. Yeah. He was part of that lawsuit. Um. That um. Big Vito and others were part of the uh, WWE for traumatic brain no. injuries that got thrown out by uh. That got thrown out. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's why he's on the ass of the WWE. And that's why he's on the ass of the WWE. Yeah, though they did give yeah. him a nice graphic on uh, SmackDown and on Raw. Before yeah, they should have. Yeah. Uh, I also want to say that Doom had the best, uh, one of the, uh, if not the best, one of the best entrance themes in WCW, period. Not at the time. No. Period. Yeah. Not that WWE Network dub. <laughs> go watch, go search it on YouTube, you bastards. Yeah, but unfortunately, uh, we had to say goodbye to to uh, Butch Reed, and on this day, we also said goodbye to Kurt Henning and David Von Erich. Uh, but I can guarantee you, on next week's wrestling story, and a lot more happy news, uh, a lot more <laughs> more pleasant things happen, and of course, the wrestling button. But for this particular time, we say goodbye to uh, some greats that affected our love of our favorite sport, which is professional wrestling. And that 
everyone, not just ladies and gentlemen, is a wrestling historian. And you can follow me, not her, me, on Craig Legon's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, C-R-A-I-G-L-I-G-G-E-O-N-S. Yeah, if you want to see a lot of pictures of Craig and Amber looking up at the sky, look up Craig Legon's <laughs> on social media. Cause those are my fa- there's some of my favorite pictures. Yeah, it was rainy. I kept on saying, you know, I really got to fix that roof. <laughs> the cat Amber was like, meow. Omega Squad. We will returning. have you returning and then leaving again, but we will have you back soon. It is rest, it is the road to WrestleMania. Meantime, if you're so inclined, you can follow me on Twitter at Omega Squad. You can see him tweet every now and then when Syracuse does something really bad. <laughs> yes. 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 That's always fun to me. I always laugh. I'm like, yeah. You get to laugh a lot then. I do. Yeah, well, at least your coach is not a miserable, curmudgeonly bastard right now. Every time I see something come out with Coach K, I'm like, oh, shut up! Shut up! Look, see, the shut difference, up, difference is up. my coach has always been a curmudgeonly bastard. That's so true. Really yes, but he's not like a dickhead curmudgeonly bastard. Like, apparently, Coach K is a cop. Just every time it's like, what do you, God, what do you say now? Oh, God. Uh, follow me uh, and my old curmudgeon Lee ways as well at Danlo83 on all social media platforms except Facebook until March 3rd. Uh, that's Roughneck's fault. Don't ever speak ill of Cat Dennings ever again. Ever. Ever. I'll tell you that story after we're done recording. But VOCNation.com is the main website. Uh, you can find all these episodes at, if you're on your smartphone, open your podcast app. Or Spotify. And on either of these apps, type in VOC Nation Radio Network. Once again, that's VOC Nation Radio Network. And find all the podcasts there. And that that's where the ad part comes in. Don't skip the ads. Thank you, please. And you're, thank you. <laughs> thank you, please. And thank, thank you. you. Thank you. For uh, Craig Legans and Omega Squad, Chris Green, I am the above average comedian, Dan Calchico. We'll see you next week. This is Lance Storm, and if I can be serious for a minute, you're listening to VOC Nation Worldwide. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks. Having started way back in 2010, VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts also include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Crisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hicks, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Works. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling with History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Works, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, and In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. Both shows take callers live during the show, and recent guests have included... General Adnan, Tito Santana, Haku, Earl Hebner, Danger Sandy Davis, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Brodus Clay, and so many more. Archive-free content includes past interviews with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Sting, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter at VOC Nation. Hola, 
this is your amiga, Shelly from Cali, to let you know you can catch me here on VOC Nation for Shelly Live. You never know what the hell I'm going to be talking about. Sometimes I have guests. Sometimes I let you on in the cheese mess, spill a little tea. Sometimes I cry. You have to tune in to find out why. And I also take your calls. I love chatting with you guys and seeing what the hell you guys are thinking. So meet me here on the VOC Nation. Be there or be square. Rock and Roll Union for the past two years has been the place for rock and roll, new rock and roll, debuting rock and roll, and some of the old classics as well. We have welcomed guests from around the world, national artists and more. We've excited many people by our live events. We've welcomed everybody into the fold, and we continue to do so on a weekly basis. Guys, that is Rock and Roll Union, and that is what we do for you. Saturdays, 6 p.m. Eastern, VOCNation.com. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week, talking dream matches, taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network.